Hmm. I guess we have to talk about it. Yep. This is this is the podcast I never wanted to do. The podcast after Liverpool won the league. It's a very sombre mood on the podcast as none of us are particularly excited. In fact, we're downright enraged. If anything, I feel scared for my life. Did you see all those Liverpool fans outside of Anfield? I mean, come on guys, it's a pandemic. It's like evil. Evil has taken over again. And, and nowhere's safe. Nothing's safe. Except following me for betting advice. As you will hear in this podcast, I give fantastic advice in Cardiff's game against Preston, which by the time I'm doing this intro has already finished, and I gave it way too early, because I bet on Cardiff to beat Preston, and Cardiff beat Preston, despite the 2-1 odds. So if you want to stay at home, follow government regulations, stop the spread of COVID, then stay inside, listen to my bets, and make some money while you're at it. Oh yes. Anyway... Here's the show. Welcome in to the World of No Sports podcast. Sadly, there was plenty of sports on in the past week that we need to get caught up on. Most of it being soccer. And... uh, (laughs) We get to spend the week, or we get to spend the entire episode drinking some Jameson, nice good Catholic whiskey, as we talk oh. through all these different matches that happened this week. I'm I your host. I throw your bushmills down the sink. Get it the fuck out of here. I'm your host, Connor O'Connell, and I'm joined by. Oh, this is the first on. time in weeks we've introduced ourselves. Hang on, hang, hang on, Matthew. There, I hear a bandwagon creaking. Who's that? Who's that? <laughs> Yeah. Is there a punchline to this? Yeah, that joke died. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it did. It, you know, it did die because Nick did not introduce himself. We're joined joined by the uh, main ba- main bandwagoner. Uh, this podcast wasn't around uh, two or three years ago when Nick latched his uh, latched himself to the Eagles bandwagon. Uh, no, it's just There's nothing uh, bandwagon about it. You, uh, you definitely latched once you decided to do the all bird team and realised I'm just going to play Eagles. <laughs> and you went, oh wait, they're actually a good team. I'm going to cheer them on. I just that was the first time I'd basically. That. that was essentially the first time I'd actually properly watched football, and so I picked a team, and that was my team. And to be fair, fortunate. when I decided to start being like, when I decided to start being a fan, it was like two weeks in. So if at that they were, point, it's not if like they were not a good team, you, know? you would have dropped them very quick. <laughs> yeah. My first no. year was my first year as an American football fan. I started sort of rooting for the Atlanta Falcons because I thought they started off pretty well. And then I watched one game where they won like seven 0 and I was like, right, I'm not taking this. <laughs> I'd rather have my team get shot on by <laughs> the, the thing, officials and the, the other team. <laughs> Here's the thing, Connor. You don't fall in love with the results. You fall in love with the culture and you fall in love with the fans and the atmosphere. It's even and worse. There's nothing. There's nothing that speaks more to my heart than people throwing fistfuls of dead batteries at Booger McFarlane's stupid <laughs> fucking cart. 
Mm. Or empty beer bottles and Minnesota Vikings fans as they made a long journey to Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> Across. <laughs> the biggest game in I mean, 20 could, years. Hey, they could have fucking stayed home because the Vikings didn't play a single snap. Aye. <laughs> uh, well, they started off strong and anyway, then stopped. I mean, we're not an American football <laughs> podcast this week. We uh, are a English football podcast. We're association football. English and Welsh. Wales oh, I, is England. I, what are you on about, Miss? Excuse well, my, me. Wales is just England's it's appendix. It's West England. See, see, this is this is the pot calling the kettle black now. Excuse me. Excuse me, free the occupied sex up that hey, I always we say. Are, we are North Republic of Ireland. I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> we fucking are. Our city plays in the AI. Oh no, what is it? That's the AI, but it used to be. Whatever it is. The fucking air tricity. Sorry, Matthew, take air your time. Air They changed the name but of the But then again, our city also plays in the Northern Irish one with Institute. I have an Institute is in our city. Institute's out in Drumahoe. We all know what Drumahoe are. That's. Uh, um, fucking. Oh, there was a, there was a term. There, was there like a term for like drama hoe? That actually, because no. I know people call it prod town, but I thought there was one that rolled off the town. <laughs> Do you know what? This is riveting stuff. I think someone yeah. called it prod town. It was probably actually, someone I know from exactly Bali, aren't it? A prod town Fucking it was a fascinating. Drama hoe or something like that. Anyway, English football. Anyway, incredible <laughs> English football. Uh, English football. So for me, I read out. There's not really well, any last news. Well, we, last we left off, last we left off, it was right before the Merseyside derby, which turned out to be, actually, I think was one of the, the highest viewership uh, football games that they've ever had. Um, really? It was on free view, so it was, it was free to air. Um, and it was also the most anticlimactic nothing burger of a game that anyone's ever seen. Uh, it was nil-nil. I know. It's extremely it was, boring. Uh, Jordan Pickford proving his credentials as a top goalkeeper by keeping the league's most dangerous side out. What a keeper I, he is. By, by keeping uh, Mina Mino away from goal, a guy who has started, what, three games up until that point for Liverpool? Hey, if the Japanese can well, take that, I'm pretty sure they can take a goal on side. Dangerous oh, well. people. I think he is now he's now like the third or fourth Japanese player to ever win a Premier League title because he officially has enough appearances. Anyway, but this is getting besides the point that that game kind of came and went. Uh, Salah wasn't playing. Right, Robertson next, next, wasn't we're not playing. Gonna, we're not actually going to do, talk too much. I was just going to do a roundup and then we can talk nah. literally about two games. Yeah, it's just that we we did mention that game quite a bit on the last part. We mentioned and it because it was quite a bit of build up, and then it ended. Yeah. Up it ended up being pretty anticlimactic that not much uh, went it, on it was very much like all the other first games for everyone where people oh. seemed a bit, a bit lethargic yeah, yeah sort shite. of getting the training wheels off anyway I'm just going to read uh, through a bunch of ones before I get the, the important ones uh, I may chuck in some tidbits here and there yeah we had uh, Chelsea beating the hapless ass in Villa 2-1 um, yeah. winning goal by who else but Liz- Olivier Giroud um, we had Man City beating Brexit FC 5-0 <laughs> yeah um, just real quick here the, the extremely sad uh, career of Joe Hart has really gone down the tubes he is uh, he's been released by Burnley he is no longer with the club uh, so in this game they had I think was it what is this guy's name Nick Pope 
something like that. I don't even goal. know. Hey, Burnley. Well, he, Burnley seemed he didn't to have do much. decent keepers. They had like Tom yeah. Eaton at one point as well. They seem to just wow. have decent uh, Premier League keepers that could maybe go for England if you know Jordan Pickford wasn't elite. Aye, and if the entire if the entire club wasn't now the fucking race war FC. Aye, well, yeah. Jesus you know, Christ! Obviously Stoke, obviously Stoke existed, but they've gone down. So the Premier League always needs one. They need a villain fella, from every the fella who the fella who uh, who flew the uh, the White Lives Matter banner over uh, over the stadium uh, went on to use the tried and tested uh, I have black friends defense um, and then and then actually one upped it by moving on to uh, an extremely good move which was the this banner was actually inspired by black lives matter which nice. black just, just it just it, incredible levels of of gymnastics going on there to make that that boy, make that, that boy rolled I've a known. natural 20 for charisma <laughs> well, absolute legend he's 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 gonna need to roll some good dice because I'm pretty sure he's out of a job I just think someone's someone's dad paid for that yeah I uh, we also had a thrilling encounter oh. between Leicester and Brighton ended 0-0 Leicester Moving on. having won only one game in 2020 look to have shit the bed as Man United are now really getting into form yeah um, Spurs I, Spurs won 2-0 I didn't even put the other name of the team I think it was West Ham Spurs won 2-0 but Spurs were also shite yeah in that game it was, it was shocking uh, Wolves beat the Burnley 1-0 kind of, you get the impression with, with West Ham now that they, they really are trying to uh, to get themselves relegated so that they can maybe just play a little bit happier games next season. I don't think their yeah, fans, might even, I don't think might fans are them. actually too concerned about the results. But they're too busy standing around a Winston Churchill statue <laughs> in the streets of London. <laughs> you sure there's not Chelsea fans? Uh, we also we also had uh, Wolves beating Bournemouth one 0 uh, It was yeah. the most tried and true method of Wolves success, which was an Adama Traore cross the Raul Jimenez. Adama like Traore, Traore is really getting good. Yeah, he could end mm. up doing really well for himself somewhere else. Absolute tank. The fact that Liverpool looked to be in the in the market for signing him it just proves that all was wrong in the world. <laughs> uh, Villa Aston Villa drew one each with Newcastle both teams a bit surprising well Newcastle's been in good form lately so I would have pegged them to well, to Villa win that one but obviously desperate for a win whereas Newcastle yeah, both came mad off on for a 3-0 smashing of Sheffield so I think both which teams moving on to our next one. game United 3 Sheffield 0 oh that was a mad game for United just that uh, was just a bit of a mad game. game United are looking good that was uh, United's First hat trick since Robin Van Persie. Yeah. Which is a which is, is a mad stat in itself. Anthony Marshall is the best French player playing for United. Yeah. I think we can all agree with that. That's how many is there? It's like three, four, maybe? What Pogba's there? There's uh Fraudba. I mean sorry, Pogba. <laughs> I don't I'm not sure you who mean, else. Sorry, sorry, that was sorry, a, I think, I think a joke. You mean to say do you mean to say <laughs> World Cup World Cup winning Paul Pogba? Hi, fuck no. the, the same way as Arbo has won a World Cup and Andy <laughs> yeah, Robertson like, has now won a Premier League. Bang, average players can uh, sometimes uh, win. Oh, 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 
Oh, that's okay. That's just that's just disgusting. Uh, disgusting, on. vile slander. On. Disgusting uh, slander Liverpool of an amazing Palace Scottish no. player. I actually yeah, I made these seven. notes before Liverpool won the league, and my uh, my caption for this was, "We need a second wave fast." <laughs> Um, Brexit FC won one against Watford. Aye, aye, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. Jesus. Liverpool four panels nil. That was, that was, I think, quite possibly the most dominant game that Liverpool have played all year. I'll say it certainly. I'm was, pretty sure Allison was planting some vegetables yeah. back there. Yeah, once, it was once the easiest four nil I've ever seen. Went off injured. You kind of knew Van Dijk had, were had nail clippers out doing the grass in the backfield and then in the meantime Liverpool were just pinging shots in you know cross shot corner cross shot corner uh, it was just again the game fullbacks were not actually fullbacks that game as I'm pretty yeah. sure they were the two furthest forward fullbacks were actually Fabinho and Wayne Yaldum <laughs> that's the thing the, the fact that those guys are both so athletic enables them to play that high up because they know that if there is a break, they are going to get back. Uh, no, it's pretty handy to have defenders do. that don't need to defend. Yeah. Well, well I mean, you know, just it's, up to it's up to Palace to take it to them. In all fairness, that's not the Wayne way to be sick because it was Fabinho Crystal Palace. Are two of the best bloody centermids in the league. I can't believe Fabinho Wayne Yaldum had a few. Probably, I can't believe Wayne Yaldum had a few years at Newcastle. Like you genuine, need to stop saying Wayne Yaldum. It's Wayne Yaldum. Genie. <laughs> Just say, go with Genie. Go that, with that, Genie. Man, that man robbed the robbed the jar and got himself out of Newcastle. Well, I mean, the we, Genie was making I think the wish. We all wish that we could get a Newcastle. He robbed a ton of John Smiths and fucking Rafa <laughs> so Benitez came out. Robbed, robbed the bottle of Newcastle Brown and they got out of town. <laughs> I don't know about you, but for me, Fabinho there is man of the match. For me, fair nerd. enough. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't really pay much attention to it. Oh, I'll be honest with you. It was an utter dismantling. He was class. He was class the entire game. Team. He was good in defence, breaking down, uh, breaking down passes when Palace were trying to get forward. He was good in attack, distributing the ball. He obviously had an absolutely killer shot from way outside the box, just an absolute rocket yeah. um, that went in for a goal. He's like a, he had an assist he's like a Brazilian well. Shaka. I think he's better. I mean, I, I, I feel like even Shaka wouldn't be able to take that one. Um, I say if Shaka can actually do anything, it is literally just ping a ball over the top and take shots from distance. Um, uh, he does move like a snail in fucking shite. I, I think mean, Fabinho like... has the edge over that. I don't think Shaka. Yeah, I think Shaka like look better. at the fullback position and take a heart attack. <laughs> That's what Fabinho oh. played there back in the past, and then. And I just want to mention that also uh, Andy Robertson with perhaps the best ever assist, uh, nutmegging the referee about halfway down the pitch. In all fairness, the referee somehow left the ball through their legs. Oh, I, the referee played a mean dummy on Palace. We didn't actually mention this in the in the last one uh, where Arsenal played Brighton, but have you, have you seen the clip of Ceballos nutmegging Lacazette? No. Lacazette is down on the ground and for whatever reason Shaka plays a pass that is heading straight for his balls <laughs> or not Shaka, Ceballos <laughs> and I the, re- the ball wasn't dead the ref didn't blow a whistle <laughs> it just looked like he was aiming for his balls 
And luckily, uh, Shaka had some like sixth sense that I'm, I'm assuming all men do once their balls get in danger. And they managed to get up at the last second. They let the ball go through and actually complete a pass. Oh, man. <laughs> and that watch the clip. It's actually phenomenal. Um, that, that brings all, uh, us up to brings us to that brings us up to yesterday. Yeah. Yep. All right. We we had obviously Matthew and I have a personal investment in Arsenal, Arsenal. so yeah. we're going to go on about that. It was Arteta's first away win at the club, and it was a big one. It was, was that his first away win. I think it so. Is. It is his first away. Really. Win. In how long? Oh, but to be fair, he took over in like November, December, did he not? Eight games? No, he yeah. took over in December. No, he literally took over after Christmas. Yeah, so he's not. So had... it's not actually been that long. And there was this whole there was this whole period where. And again, it, it does the, kind of put truth to the uh, it's like at we, home FC. What is it? We lost to Chelsea when we should have bloody won against Chelsea, but we lost against Chelsea. Then we won against United at home, and then we drew like five games in a row, and then won four yeah. of the last five. We also lost to Brighton when they were at home. We did, and that was the nice oh. one. That was a shoot show. Hilariously good. Yeah, did not get did beautiful not get game. Not defeated. But could do the way, actually get and, dropped and, for this, this game. Is, Okay. This is a this is a bit of a, a bit of an aside, but uh, Guendouzi has actually has put in a request to leave Arsenal. Uh, I was going I was going to actually bring that up. It was mentioned by Equip. He said he's expressed <laughs> his, his desire to leave, but there's to be no Equip. actual. We don't know if it's been he's handed Confirmed, in like a fucking a transfer request or nothing. Like it's only Le Equip. I mean, that exactly happens in like one. They're I mean, they they can do that looking for the, more Equip, money. Like it doesn't Equip mean anything. Are a are a very highly rated publication. They don't mess around. I, bet, I know, like, they, they, I just think what they are they're not saying it does not mean, oh fuck, he's leaving. It could just be saying no, he's going to does, It doesn't. Wrong. I mean, even even if he, even if fucking Gunduzi walked out himself in front of like <laughs> number 10 in a press conference and said he wants to leave, it doesn't mean he's necessarily leaving. Yeah. But the fact that they're saying that he does want to leave, to me, there is a problem there of some sort. Oh, well, and, it's and not the mainly first the time. problem is Gunduzi, but it's not. It's not the first time that uh, Gunduzi has been left out by Arteta. They had like a, a team training session or something in Dubai, where Arteta and him apparently got into a fight, and then he was off the team for a bit. I was listening to the the Guardian football podcast, which is quite decent, by the way. It's not a sponsor. Uh, but I was listening to the Guardian football podcast, and they. Uh, was, oh, one of the guys I think it might have been Jonathan Bolson was saying that he the impression that he got from Gunduzi, which isn't necessarily a bad thing in the fo- context of football but just generally was that he's a bit of a dick yeah he's maybe just just a bit of a dick just, just kind of a cunt really you know he's he, he gets he gets into it with people he is is not like you know he he talks shite on the pitch he uh, he goes in for for fouls. He he does things like trying to deck uh, Neil Mopé. He's he's as one if he's of those, the Undertaker. He's one of those players. A very that very you, skinny Undertaker. He's one of those players that you love on your own team. Yeah, but and it, you would want to chop him half if he's on the other. Like Dele Alley at Spurs is the biggest cunt. Yeah, on the planet. <laughs> he's a Spurs fucking stain. Um, yeah, I will say in that in that same category is. Uh, like said uh, Diego Fern- Costa back in the no, day. No, um, is it Hernandez? Fernandinho. Oh, Fernandinho. <laughs> I think Fern- Fernandinho gets respect. Like people like yeah. Ali and like Ganduzi at the moment. He he will he will commit them. like five tactical fouls a match and get booked for maybe one of them. 
It's ridiculous. <laughs> but I think Fernandinho's gotten to the point now where he's been there for like so long that everyone's kind of respected him and they're like, ah, he's probably one of the best uh-huh. like Premier League midfielders for the past decade. Yeah. He's like And then but then also I think you should also respect the the absolute wind up capabilities of Andy Robertson, who managed to get Leo Messi <laughs> into a screaming rage. Yeah, it's I I haven't heard Andy Robertson's name so oh, I much in my was that life when he, than this uh, week. Like Messi was on the ground and he just went up and pushed him. He he went up and tousled his hair a bit. Uh he kind of like he kind of gave him one of those like kind of like head pat tousles that you'd give like a naughty toddler and as you know <laughs> being Liverpool themselves there was no issues I'd have got up and chinned that cunt if he'd done that to me to be fair <laughs> of course there's no issues oh, no, really... no, 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 come on I mean if this was an Arsenal player that's like a four match ban <laughs> I mean it uh, depends who's depends who's refereeing if Mike Dean's on there oof. Robin Van Persie oof. once got sent off against Barcelona for taking a shot so, you know, oversimplification, but true. differences. <laughs> taking, taking a, taking what, what kind of shot? Uh, well, basically, he took a, a shot. shot I mean, he took a shot after the whistle. Was, he took a, a shot after bomber. the whistle was blown, like for like an offside, and it, it was literally as soon as it was blown, he took the shot. So he didn't know he was offside at that point, and yeah. the ref saw his time time wasting and gave him a second yellow. Like it is like that's that the thing that annoys me. That's, that's, that, that's, that is that's a, the kind of thing to me that should be the end of a referee's career. They, like, they should, do something this is what like I'm that. saying. There's different Completely rules for inexcusable different idiocy. Certain teams well, get away problem, with it. Like UEFA part of the Luna, problem is that it's, Arpo, it's very difficult to Hawks, all of them. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean Connor Connor has a thing with refs. Which is weird, and, and frankly, I don't know if there's some kind of sexual tension in there. But moving on, well, it's the fact I support both the part Arsenal of the issue and is, the Detroit Lions. Yeah, <laughs> part of the issue here is that it's very difficult anyone. for the Premier League to um, to basically train and, and hire new referees. They don't have that many, and people, generally speaking, don't want to become referees because you get yelled at. You get called a cunt. You get told to fuck off. Uh, you get told to eat shit in basically every game. Like people will yell at you. They'll curse at you. They'll like send, write you insults in the post. It's it's pretty unpleasant sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I even if you go bet, to like a League Two I, game, I bet for the first few weeks, Michael Oliver, or for Michael Oliver's career, where he was like up and promising, and fucking Mike Dean and Martin Atkinson yeah, yeah. showed up at his house with a bag of oranges and just kicked the shit in there. <laughs> Well, this is the thing. Like, I think you're supposed someone who has a perfect game makes every decision perfectly correct, ten out of ten doesn't make a mistake, will get more attacked by players than the fucking idiots of the world who let them away with everything because it makes good TV. And that's anyway, the problem with the Premier League. Anyway, all right. The fucking Arsenal Southampton game was absolutely shite. Yeah, there was, was two, for two nil. There was watch. nothing happened. Um, my analysis of it. Oh, I- Sat through. I sat through like an hour of it, and aye. So yeah. Ginduzi oh, got dropped. Yeah, Urzel was on the bench again. Lacazette was on the bench again. So Inkere was starting up front. Uh, Hector Bellerin clearly saw Paddy Power's ad where they were planting <laughs> six thousand trees because he was doing his best to give those uh, those Southampton players every chance. Literally, the first the first thirty minutes of that game, any time Bellerin touched the ball, he was a void of progress. 
and just an absolute beacon of despair for Arsenal. Yeah, perhaps. Like and I don't want to shock you too much with this, but maybe Bellerin is actually not very good. He's not. He had a bad game what? and also <laughs> is average at the moment. No, no, Bellerin is bad at the moment. What Bellerin Aye, used to have more than anything, he was the quickest player. Even when Walcott was there, he was the quickest player. Thank you, the, the fastest player. Yeah, he was the, the fastest player at Arsenal, and he's now had like he's getting on a bit now, isn't he? Though he's had like three big injuries now, and he just yeah. doesn't. He's, he's still obviously he's still fast, but he doesn't have that insane. He lose a step, the, like the quickest player in the league. Like he's was lost one of his injuries now in ACL. Kind of exposed him. Did he not tear an ACL at one point? Oh, it, it, it was that bad. Is. He had a pretty bad injury last year, and then came that back and in his first the, game. He had another injury that put him out for the year. Yeah. Mm. And that's that's the risk when you have a, a player who who relies a lot on being fast um, on physical like pure physical abilities like speed power for for um, like to sort of make their career. It's also a confidence it, it can thing. open you up. It can open you up a lot in situations where you get injured and your play can drop dramatically. Like it's going to play with your brain if you come back from a big injury and just get put out for the rest of the year and that like that's going to play with your brain no matter who you are. I mean, guys, I can actually relate to this. I don't know how. Because <laughs> when I was about 12 or 13, I was one of the bigger lads on the Gaelic pitch, and I was also one of the fastest lads on the Gaelic pitch, and I just did not really train that hard. And then once you hit about 14, 15... You were the, uh, all the these Antonio boys Brown. Up. I'm still one of the quickest guys on the pitch, but when you're trying to mark someone who's 6'4", it's not yeah, great. You can... They can but only be so least, fast from your arse. I'll say this: at least when they're six four, they're literally only put up front because they're six four, not because they're good. I'm telling so, you, man. It's all right, though. Connor, at least you've got ball and low when you have a yeah, six foot four, don't have fourteen year old. As you know, less hair, less hassle. Yeah, more hair, more problems. Well, guess I can still do the most pull ups out of anyone here. Probably. There you are. Got that going for me. Because you're the smallest. How many is that? <laughs> is it? Is it one? Right now, I can do about five, but that's only because I'm fat as shit. Five still I a lot. Pr- I could probably do five. I couldn't. I'm willing to admit that. I'm saying anything. Uh, like, I, that. Peak, I could, yeah, I could do, do about twelve. <clears throat> what pull-ups? Pull-ups are hard. Pull-ups are fucking like, hard. So, 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 what? What kind of? What kind of like arm configuration? Uh, you have, you to, have to be white. Are you saying? Well, it doesn't have to be wide. Is this like wide arms, no, no, no. like hands, palms forward? Front grip for both. Like, oh, so, so you're like, not doing under, you're not doing like a chin up, or you're not doing inverted grip. Fucking Jericho trying to go, oh, I can do all these pull ups. <laughs> Fucking twist it like a deadlift. No, you're not doing a pull up, lad. Is he doing one of those CrossFit things where you kind of swing you your legs to one side? The fuck and then back again. You just, you're bringing just, up, bringing you're up just Jericho. Absolutely though. ring your tendons to shit. <laughs> yeah. Bringing up Jerry, even at his. Um, in second year, where he was at his thickest, at his takeaway, um, <laughs> Jerry was still extremely flexible, and he could still do flips and all that shit. But then when he went, we went to the gym. His chest was shite. His arms were shite. His legs were shite. His shoulders were insane. It was really? his first. He said it was his first time going to the gym this year, and he was already stronger at me than shoulders. And I was going for like literally six times a week for about two years at that point see I've never been able to get much done shoulders wise I always injure my I have a bad shoulder injury every time I fucking try and do shoulders heavy I, if I ever if I ever tried to do those, those like lateral like lift things where you're oh, like yeah. you're putting your 
your like your arms basically like straight out and just raising them like parallel to your body it just absolutely fucks my tendons up nobody does them heavy they're hard to do heavy for even the strongest people in the world well jerry had the benefit of being a base in uh cheerleading so that's when oh, you, so would, was, you, you yeah. would use your 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 shoulders more than anything they so uh, like real functional shoulders push strength. the girls up whereas i was merely a back uh which means i was a safety net <laughs> Did you not operate a boom mic for ages? I did, but Should I bolt your shoulders? Know, well, very physically demanding. Like it, I was no, just I holding your arms up in the air. I was able to operate a boom mic because I worked out and did shoulders. I don't think that actually improved my gym work. See, even Matthew, if you asked me to hold my arms up in the air. Those boom mics weigh dozens of grams. <laughs> but even holding your arms up in the air for an hour would tire your shoulders. Oh, there, were, there was one time in the. Aye, there was, you're not, there was one you're not time, supposed to do that. There was one time filming the Fall Guy, and it was like a six minute take. Went on forever, and I was recording this. And I remember Bob not saying cut because he thought I was laughing. I was suffering. <laughs> but I was in absolute agony. <laughs> trying to fucking hold up my boom mic for six minutes. Just say cut, Bob. Well, I'm going to say about a second that. Take, take straight away. All I'm going to say about that is you don't fucking see like bears and shite wandering around the forest doing T poses, keeping their arms up for half an hour. Like, well, do, it's you, fucking pointless. do you keep an eye on bears every fucking yeah, minute I of would, the day? I would be comparing wild animals that were actually similar to like bears crawl around on their fucking arms and legs. Like, that's where they get. Do you mean crawl? Matthew, they walk majestically. Please and thank you. Bears are beautiful animals. Okay. Bears Again. are fucking terrifying. Oh, sorry. So we're getting off track here, and I'm burning. We need we need somebody actually have like a fucking fishing rod and just rain us in. Burnley. Anyway, well, Burnley we played against Watford. We were here at Bellerin with people being quick. So, oh yeah, my notes. Arsenal had less possession but better chances in the first half. Uh, I know Aubameyang went through on goal and completely justified my idea that we should sell him because he missed a fucking sitter by hitting the bar. Yeah. Jesus Christ I think it's also his idea He's that you should sell player. it oh I'm terrified of Aubameyang when we play Arsenal why it's because Fuck he gets into them positions like, they just need to make what the nets need, bigger they do what you need to do Connor is you need to make a Looney Tunes style painting like a 3D style Looney Tunes painting of another goal put it mm. next to the actual goal and tell him to aim for that one. I say this, though, this was actually Aubameyang's best game since we came back because he was he was always getting into position and he was looking he was looking well up for it. Um, like he was. Arsenal's that's the thing. goals, uh, the both goals, <laughs> they came through two mistakes and a red card, otherwise known as a David Louise. <laughs> David Louise. <laughs> but as opposed to David Louise, it took three three Southampton players to do it. Get on his level. The first it's goal. At this point, that we should mention that. David Luiz has been re-signed by Arsenal. Right, yeah. good decision. In a move that surprises pretty much everyone except potentially David Luiz. When I do think when though, you look like, into it, it makes sense. Like they probably, if his contract ran out, they they lose a centre back and also don't make any money. Yeah. So if they like, sign him again, they can still sell him. Like Chambers is injured. Socrates is sort of injured at the moment. Like he was on the bench there, and. What's your other boy? Paolo Mari um, is injured. Do cognitive injuries count? <laughs> hey, Not for centre-backs. Don't you slag off Mustafi. Don't you slag <laughs> off Mustafi. Mustafi. Ever since, ever since Arteta has shown up, Mustafi has been solid. 
Connor hated him last year. I did. Like every Arsenal fan did. I didn't like him, but Connor despised that man last year. Because <laughs> he was honestly, a fucking liability. He, no, he was a liability. I didn't despise him. I despised his ability and the fact he was in the Arsenal team. But he <laughs> has done more for me and my dad's relationship than any other Arsenal player. Because we <laughs> laughed and we laughed and we laughed. <laughs> So thank you, Mustafi, for that. He's, hilar- he's honestly become one of our favourite players. Because he's good And the for fact him. that he's now sort of... He's, he's like kind of regressed towards average. It is part of the Mustafi redemption. <laughs> perhaps perhaps it's kind of like the, the Mustafi cycle. That, you know, in, the, in one season, Mustafi will sort of evaporate up into the clouds and then he'll float downwind until he kind of pours down onto the mountains. But the, and he'll sort of bring himself back into stream and, and, and slowly make himself make his way back into the ocean of mediocre centre backs. This is why I'm I'm now like I'm I'm on the fully on the side of Arteta. Is that Mustafa both Mustafi and Shaka have now turned in like it's, he's turned into our best defender and Shaka's become our best midfielder after both of them being on the verge of being like kicked out of the club at the end of Emery's yeah. reign. It is amazing How what a change of personnel could do. Emery, I, I thought maybe... How did this boy win three Europa Leagues? A different team. By being the, <laughs> by being the, uh, the uh, 33rd best manager in Europe. That's, oh, that's actually mild. Three that's Europa technically is correct. A, it is impressive. Because usually, like, in the Europa League, you do get the guys who came, like, third in the Champions League in their groups, and they go into the Europa League. Yeah. Well, you get competition in there, like, but they're nowhere near... Yeah, you, you get you get shite teams that are kind of passe, like Arsenal. Europa League Excuse was me, quite <laughs> it was quite fun, to be honest. Like people, you slag ones off, but I'd rather you know you slag ones off. But being in the Europa League ends up being kind of fun because you do feel like the big lad in the small pond. Everyone, I was about to everyone, say, Con- Connor's talking. Everyone. About- almost in fond memories because he knows we're not back in the Europa League next year hey, Connor's like I, everyone hey, Matthew, Matthew, talks Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. shit we won five of the last eight games right well we are that's nice actually better minute. that's as good as Liverpool no it's mad we could end up fifth very easy if United <laughs> lose two and we won two which is insane that's the thing think- United, United are gonna just step it up right now Ollie has he's actually found the gear stick well, last year, he found, the also this year he's found the gear stick and he's going to start taking this. I'm on a I'll get to this on. later, but I'm terrified of both Chelsea and Man United going forward. Well, I think I think your problem is actually Wolves. Wolves are sixth, and they, well, no, because Wolves are Wolves are level on points with Man United, and I think that they are less likely to drop points. I don't because United have got United games in them where they will fuck about for 85 minutes and then concede a penalty Nick, Nick we'll, we'll get into this later we'll get into this quite later. solid I need to get through this Arsenal I'll just say, I'll just say United have lost more games this year than Wolves I'm trying to Russell. edit these sections in. I'm trying to edit these sections in for YouTube where it's like the oh, Arsenal-Southampton right. game and it's going on 20 minutes <laughs> I know I'm going to go off on another wee tangent because you said United has lost more games than Wolves Arsenal have lost the same they amount have. of games as Man City which is insane that's insane that's an insane statistic to be ninth. Friday over 
We have ten yeah, more think... fucking draws, though. That's insane. Uh, because this year, Man City have decided to take Tottenham up. Tottenham last year were like, hey, lads, watch how many draws we can't have. And then this year, Man City were like, hold my fucking beer. Honestly, yeah, Matt, well, like Man City have had one draw, haven't they? Three. three they've, had, they've had three draws out of 31 how games. How many have Arsenal had? 13. <laughs> 13. Oh, sorry, 13, sorry, 13. <laughs> Which oh, is uh, 13 draws, <laughs> which I think is actually level highest with ever. Yeah, it's level highest. Wolves also have 13, but yeah, but Wolves it's have Wolves two more and ones. Then, and then the next, the next highest is Brighton. Anyway, one of my favorite parts about the Arsenal Southampton game was actually once the mistake happened, where your go- the goalkeeper let Nkeria. Um, letting Kerry get a nick a goal like off his feet every oh, that time was, that was a hilarious every goal. time this goalkeeper had the ball his feet and Kerry just sprinted at him full pelt yeah and it nearly worked like two <laughs> more times which is <laughs> perfectly a reasonable thing to do that's oh, so what hilarious. you should do I mean it's like no it's, cause it's, as, soon it's as, like, he, as soon as the keeper got the ball Musta or Aubameyang wasn't doing anything uh, Pepe wasn't doing anything but then Kerry was just going ah <laughs> 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 he charged full belt. Um, Mustafi, so Mustafi, Holden, and Tierney were solid, uh, yep. at least until Tierney got subbed off for being Scottish. Um, anything over twenty degrees, he was cooked literally. Uh, the midf- midfield was shite, but actually, Shaka was at least offered some Connor. protection in front of the go- in front of Connor. Um, Connor, why do you think Andy Robertson wasn't available to play against Everton during the day? <laughs> But he was perfectly happy to come out and bang Sheffield or whoever it was at night. He's not, he's a fucking daywalker. Um, let's see. I do you know how I in the group messenger I was complaining about Woolock going on instead of Pepe? Yeah. Arsenal looked a better team once Woolock went out in the right wing. Yeah. Uh, compared to Pepe, it seemed he had a bit more chemistry with uh, Bellerin and the rest of the team than Pepe did. He fits in there, but sure, he came on the Europa League final last year and just immediately made a difference as well. Oh, he, he did, but my argument here is that he actually replaced Pepe, as in, like, he went out wide. Whereas uh, if Willock's in the centre and he's meant to go on the ball a lot, he kind of hides. Whereas here, Willock was just shifted out to the right. Anytime he got the ball, he just tried to knock it on past the defender. And for the most part, it actually worked. Yeah. All right. And yeah, so that that's, oh, that's that it. He a... actually took his goal well. As well yeah, as like it, he reacted very quickly and managed to get it under the keeper. So yeah, yeah. Yep. good day at the office for Arsenal. Finally, got off Finally, them stairs. The, as the, says. the march goes on. What is it? We got the FA Cup coming up. We can get so we can go through the back door of the Europa League that way, and then we got Norwich next week. We still we got sure. like we got a lot of I know we got a lot of away games, but we're playing like we play Norwich. It's a lot we play of very Liverpool winnable games. We won the league. We play Aston Villa. The issue really that's that's benefiting Arsenal now is that away games aren't really away games anymore because there's new yeah. fans. Yeah, it's just the so they're all just neutral. Yeah, it'll be a big which, game against Wolves. You know, although yeah. now it we have Kieran Tierney against Traore. I'd like to see how it depends. Like, if you want Kieran Tierney to play, you're going to have to. I mean, it's the same thing. You're going to have to have an evening game. Yeah, we're going to have to do what the the we're going to have to do like what the Miami Miami Dolphins do with their stadium. Whereas they build their stadium so that the 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 home team's uh, sidelines are nice and sheltered, 
whereas the the oppositions are all covered in sun. We need to do do something where the left back position is constantly under shelter <laughs> under of the shade. sun. Just a weirdly like a weird little indent in one corner of the pitch where the roof just comes in or, weirdly far. Or we give him the umbrella that uh, Lacazette has now memed. Get some lunatic. All the Arsenal players uh, just drenched in the sun, <laughs> you know, all separated in their wee COVID awareness, a few meters apart in the stands, and then Lacazette has his own uh, umbrella. <laughs> Called a perfectly safe. Anyway, so that was uh, that was the Arsenal game. Onwards and upwards. Glad Arteta to see I looked dapper on the sideline. Handsome man. And then the so the next game was Burnley. Chelsea versus Man City. No, the next no, no, game no, was Burnley Watford. Oh no, I brought that. I mentioned Burnley, that Watford. earlier where I just said Burnley or Brexit FC won Watford. No. Oh right, sorry, I didn't realize that. Was that not been like wait? No, he did actually. Were, were you not talking that. about the Burnley Man City game? Oh then? no, I brought. I said Brexit FC for both. He said it twice. I just completely blank. So yes, Chelsea Man City. Sorry, Connor, going ahead. I mean, Nick, if you want to talk Aye. about Burnley's one 0 one versus Watford, um, I just think it's a bit, a bit scary for Watford. Watford are, are still fifth from bottom. All of Watford are all of one point clear of relegation. But with three teams on twenty-seven points, they're so on twenty-eight. Bad. Here's the thing: they are they are in squeaky bum position. Teams in the bottom because the next team above them, the next team above them, like teams, the above them is five points up. Teams in the bottom five have have gotten a possible three points from all their games since they've come back. That's mad. Yeah, I think they are the least shite of them. I think West Ham and Bournemouth will eventually go down. Like Watford actually play good football for the most part. I can see it. I could see it being Norwich, Norwich, Aston Villa, and West Ham. Yeah, yeah. I really could. I think time has come for West Ham. Well, West I think, I think they've, been, they've been sleepwalking through the Premier League for a good number of years now, and they just are not able to do it anymore. And let's be honest. Let's be honest. Nobody, nobody thinks that. Moyes has got it in the tank. Hey, what are you on about? Moyes is the next Fergie. Agreed. Anyway. In, in that Fergie is retired. Yeah, anyway, he's going to be the next one to Correct. The main event game, <laughs> Chelsea versus Man City. Uh, it is the situation where Chelsea Lovely are at their game. most powerful, where they can allow Beautiful a team game. to win the league by them getting a result. Yeah. Hang on a second. Are you denigrating the just amazing prowess of uh, freshly minted best player in the world, Christian Pulisic? He had a mental game. He yes, had a wonder game. The United game. States single-handedly won that for unit for Liverpool. They single-handedly yeah. won the league. They did it for Saturday. Right, let's not let's not mention Liverpool. Uh, You're right, Nick. Let's ever let's not mention three Liverpool. of their possible games. Fuck as Liverpool. If, what? Liverpool 31. couldn't even beat Watford. <laughs> one twice I couldn't even beat Watford twice and for me if you're not going to win the season undefeated then did you yeah. ever really win it then who cares and, <laughs> I mean it's all I about it's all about topping history top. history Matthew would say yes you did nah history's a liar history's written by the winners that's why it says history should be written no, by his, the fucking history losers is written by, <laughs> history's written by the FA Matthew Arsenal 2004 and then Preston North End 1886 are the only two teams that actually matter 
in history. I'm, I'm sure the good people of Preston agree with you. Fucking buzzing. And no one else. Imagine the traffic we get from Preston now. He remembers 1800s. Yes, go on, well, they won't like it when I bet, uh, when Bucky Boy Bets comes and says Cardiff's going to smash him at the weekend. <laughs> well, Fuck Preston. Cardiff will Their do mascot's you. a sheep. Fucking don't wander too close to Wales, lad. That's why Cardiff's going to fuck them at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Fuck's sake, Put that on Instagram. Oh, yeah. That's our Instagram. <laughs> All right, so... What do you guys reckon of the uh, the hand of God Nandino? <laughs> I think fair play. Yeah, you do... Like, it was if, instinctive. if it's going to go in, you do it. You know, Especially if it's one of the last games of the season. Bollocks, did. <laughs> but then... But then again, the argument, I suppose the argument is, do you have a better shot of saving the penalty? Yes. Oh, yeah. And then and then not conceding a goal as a 10-man than you do of, of, you know, just taking the goal, accepting the goal, and then as an 11-man team going back and evening the score. Well, if, mm-hmm. well, I think the way Man City played, they seemed very resigned. Yeah, they were kind of wait, they were kind of holding back, trying to prevent goals. You mean, playing, you mean they sucked? You mean to say that they sucked? I don't. Let's I just let's just they, call they it. Really let's, let's call Chelsea, a spade a spade. Chelsea were Chelsea just played really them. well. Yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, way I'm they, they were, of they were bad. Forward. Let's just be honest here. Man City played a bad game of football. Their defense was terrible. But I think that's taken away from just how much Chelsea just dismantled them. Chelsea they just outplayed them. They, Chelsea obviously had a very good plan of hitting them on the counter attack. Column A, uh, column B. Powered by the the Patriot missile that is Christian Pulisic. <laughs> all I'll say is, all I'll say is, if you have watched Man City's losses, then you would choose to play in that fashion. Yeah. If you watched the way they lost against Norwich, which was try and attack, try and attack, poor passage of passing play, and then. Oh, look at that. Timo Pukki's got the ball and he's fucked you because Aye. your defence Every now and then, every now and then, and then you, you play a wolves. stinker. Yeah. Wolves, same thing. You try and attack, you try and attack, you're just passing the ball around, you're tiki-tacking and then, oh, lose the ball. Adam Traore runs halfway down the pitch at the speed of a jet. Halfway down the pitch, just, just fouls men, they and drop, he, picks he, he just, ref doesn't you know, care. Cunts one in. <laughs> Let's go. Like this is this is the way this is the way that teams have learned how to beat Man City. Uh, how to get a result out of Man City is is you sit deep, you let them come to you, you find the you find the the kind of the isolated players in their passing, which to be honest is very difficult, which is why they don't lose very often. You get the ball off them, and when you get the ball, you go in the break as fast yeah. as humanly possible. You do also need you a, have a to be on the break straight away. Yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, Sterling hit the post. We really should have squared it. The uh, Jesus, a bit, a bit of luck. Yeah, but you also need you also need a incredibly rapid player who can get down the pitch quick and can deliver a strike. And so, if you've got your Timo Pukis, if you've got well, I mean, Timo Pukis maybe not as fast as the others. But Nick, if you've got your Adam Atreores, why did they start Giroud? That's it. Here's me going on about this tactical masterclass by Frank Lampard, and then me remembering he started Giroud. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Pace merchant himself. <laughs> <laughs> because Giroud, Giroud is like, Giroud is like one of those, 
one of those like shipping boats that's deceptively fast. He is not. But, like you watch like a sh- you watch like one of those shipping containers smoke. moving through yeah. the ocean. Giroud looks way more fucking athletic than he is. <laughs> like he's just really he's good. Like, at he is, he's very athletic. Oh he's just enormous and quite muscly, <laughs> and so he's necessarily not going to run as fast as somebody who's smaller and more agile. Yeah, like she and Long. No, no. So what he does, any, any he Giroud, goes up for the headers. He gets do the not, ball. Do not try and get like get an open field with Giroud. You don't yeah. want to embarrass a man so much. He would get caught very quick. It's like when a prop breaks the line in rugby. It's like Is let it, him have, have his like, fun, have but seen, he's getting that caught. Family Guy like skit or side joke where it was like a tiger chasing a fat kid in the forest. <laughs> oh, it was, um, that's kind of what Giroud would look like if he was getting chased <laughs> down by. <laughs> Insert quick defender here. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing you never had to actually play Kashelny. Kashelny, unless they did. They're good mates, aren't they? Oh, oh well, Kashelny's not a mate of ours anymore. After he demanded to be let go, even though he probably had an agreement with the club to be let go, <laughs> and Emery yeah. probably backed out of it. He just probably looked, wanted to look hard. <laughs> uh, and what does all this lead us back to? Anyway, after all this, where do we end up? Anyway, the season we the season ended. Frank Lampard runs uh, on the pitch. He gets his fingers in there. He tears his shirt wide open, and what do you see underneath? A Liverpool jersey. A Liverpool jersey. <laughs> or Nick. He pulls his face mask on. He throws it to one side. It was Stevie G the whole time. Or Nick, as they're more aptly uh, pronounced, live Varpool after that decision for the handball. <laughs> you're not, as you're not gonna <laughs> You're not gonna get anywhere with that corner. Let's not let it go. <laughs> it's so fucking forced. It was the right it was obviously the right decision, but of course Liverpool benefit benefit from a VAR decision. In a different You're game. actually complaining about the refs making the correct call. Because well, they made the correct call in the wrong game. There's been plenty of games yeah, where them fuckers have made, made the, the correct call. call when a fucking Callum Chambers scored against Crystal Palace. <laughs> Probably Kalasanak got hacked down. Uh, for a penalty but apparently in Kerry a third, so uh, one of the Brighton so parts. your argument is that Premier League referees should be even worse no they should be consistently correct or consistently incorrect I'm just I saying, don't care could, you, could they at least be shit so if they can't so if it's like not what? possible for them to be correct 100% of the time <laughs> they should just give up yep like, it just seems so whenever, whenever, why do we have referees at all I seem to be playing it seems like some German officials on the VAR that they've just brought in as Jurgen Klopp I'm pretty sure they don't have to it's, it's all the such Premier League referees job. that do the VR isn't it oh, well it's, oh, except it's for Premier League games where they that's get part of the problem each time. isn't that part of the issue yeah. is that they have Premier League referees doing the VAR checks on Premier League referees so they're all basically like rubber stamping each other saying like alright oh, great job then lads oh yeah I did wonderful today approve 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 yeah Anyway, it's because you can't just agree with everything to say because they don't want to piss off their mates. It's much okay. more easy to have independent referees in like right. international competitions because you have to pay a referee a retainer, yeah. and it's quite a lot of money every year. Yeah. And then you have to pay them a match fee. So do you get other officials? It would probably cost a fortune. Yeah. So to summary, Liverpool always benefit from the correct VAR decisions, whereas the other nineteen they clubs benefit. Usually, <laughs> there's a mistake or eighteen put in. Oh well, to be fair, Chelsea also benefited from this one. Nah. So 
I don't know so if, if this is detectable Pulisic, over the Pulisic over the audio because yeah. he seems to but be Connor getting is his currently form, dealing and with he's the, a lot quicker than I thought he was because he left he Mendy. Run. I know yeah. Mendy made a mistake, but he left him like a snot. The single and he single largest case of hemorrhoids in recorded history, as Connor is in tremendous amounts of butt pain. Yeah. Boy, does his butt hurt right now. He's not a happy and camper. You know he's not going Liverpool to be sitting down for weeks. When Steven Gerrard slept. Yeah. Devastated. <laughs> but again, Except you know, they I won't be anymore. Because I can still make jokes like this and try and just get under their skin. And they all go, oh, but we won the league. We're happy. But a little of it will get under their skin because I will be making fun of it. They've also won the least the person, number of like, games. You're the person who's the most bothered by all this in this situation. You're so having fucking butthurt. Anyway, um, like I said, Pulisic <laughs> terrifies me because he's going to be leading a front line with him and Werner next year. And the fact yeah. that Frank Lampard is able to get these results out of like He's beat Klopp, Guardiola and, to a lesser extent, Mourinho this year. Uh, with a team that lost their best player and maybe the best player in the league last year in Hazard. Yeah. Oh, not maybe the best. He was the best player in the league. So, honestly, going forward... I don't know. Going forward, I'm scared. Have a good authority Chelsea. that he arrived. He arrived in Madrid with his backpack full of Kit Kats. Oh, yeah. He, he inherited Fucking Nick Shaw's... Empty Lucas Luke bottles. Shaw's <laughs> just, yeah. It's been weighing him down. <laughs> but they, they've also got, what, like, Zayek from Ajax in... So yeah, That's he's like he's right. basically he's basically Squidward in that one episode where he eats all the gravy patties and it goes straight to his thighs. Uh, one bright spot for one bright spot for Man City was Kevin De Bruyne scored an absolute world of a free yeah. kick. It would be a crime if Kevin De Bruyne does not win the PFA Player of the Year. Yeah, he won't. We well, should because he's the he's there's been the no, best player. He probably by far is the best year. player of the year. <laughs> no, uh, no, he hasn't. There's no, yes, there's has. basically no circumstance in which Virgil Van Dijk doesn't win player of no, the year. The thing is, Virgil Van Dijk also won it. He won it last year, and they don't tend to do back to backs. Yeah, they don't do. Re-reads, but he bro. is the best player in the league. See, I always find it. He I don't basically know. Basically, can't so argue I, otherwise. I actually would think Kevin De Bruyne has more of an effect on on a team. I think Kevin De Bruyne is far more important, but yeah, well, yeah, not I'd, more I'd important. Kevin such, De Bruyne would. I, I like, would, I would absolutely. Drafting, I would, if we're drafting, one hundred percent, I would disagree with that. If you're drafting a player, you'd rather draft the guy, like an attacking midfielder, in front of a centre back. Yeah, especially one who can Except score that like that. that. Doesn't track. Attack is that the best doesn't track when the centre back is the most dominant player in the league. And Kevin De Bruyne see, is the best attacking midfielder in like, the league, maybe the world. Yeah, but what you basically what you're saying is that you would rather have. Like, I don't know. You're, you're you're essentially arguing that you want to have Dalvin Cook instead of having Aaron Donald. I'm arguing no, that I'd rather. There have, are a lot of other players who can perform Patrick at that Rose kind of level. Than Aaron Donald. Yeah, I think you're talking about one Kevin of the best DeBron offensive players close versus Patrick the best Rose. defensive player. It's not comparing Dalvin Cook, who's anyway, up there but not that the great. Way, like, but. If you're using that logic, Gardner Minshew has more of an effect on a game than Aaron Donald. Yeah. Him being a quarterback. I don't think so. Well, him throwing four interceptions in a game. Nick, he's not he's not Nick Foles. He's not what we saw last year. <laughs> and Minshew only uh, threw in twelve games, Minshew threw six interceptions. He's very Connor, he's very you're gonna good. be so he's yeah, actually that's you're gonna be so heartbroken. You're setting yourself up for sadness when they replace him next year. They won't I mean never. they're they're obviously trying to uh, even though he had a better season than 
Kyler Murray or Daniel Jones last year. They do seem to be uh, looking for the future, and they are like stripping away all the elements. Going, uh, you had a bad O line last year. Well, how about having no O line? That's basically what they're not interested. The Jaguars are not interested. They they like they're they're not they're not going to buy. They are basically they are going to tank. They are going to trade him somewhere else, maybe for some picks, and then they're going to try and draft the best quarterback. And they Bill can. Belichick Which will laugh. Be he will laugh if Taylor. he has to give up a fourth round pick for Gardner Minshew, and and the fucking Brady dynasty will happen all over again. Except it will be with, a, with sure. it will be with jorts and a handlebar mustache. <laughs> <laughs> again, off topic. PFA Player of the Year Kevin De Bruyne scored an amazing free Absolutely kick. Absolutely not. He's just like Steven Gerrard, except he can win a title. He's he's just he better. Is, he is Tintin who can dribble. He there is no, I don't know. Like, because the thing is, if you take him out of that team, then they have Bernardo Silva, who is a not as good version, but also very good. Yeah. Who's extremely good. So the the value above replacement for Kevin De Bruyne is not even all that much. I don't know because he was out there's, last there's year. Literally, there's no. He was out for like three months last year, and they still won the league no with like over in the league that like ninety points or something like as that. much as Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, I feel it's like the it's hard to he play. He's quicker against... than almost all the players in the pitch, and he always makes the right decision when he's like yeah, dribbling like... towards you. Van Dyke's very hard to play against, but he just stopped. Like, he can prevent you scoring and does it very, very well. But in terms of attacking, you're more likely to be outscored playing against Kevin De Bruyne than you are just Virgil Van Dyke. Like, if you if that was the only difference you're you going to make to a team, like it is. But you're never, never going to be playing I, against just I a defender. Will suck Van Dyke's deck so oh, much because I love him. He's the best him. defender in the world. But but I think Kevin De Bruyne is probably the best attacking midfielder in the world at the moment. I I don't know. I think Who's that's better? a harsh argument to make. Who's better as an attacking midfielder in like the that cam position? C A M. In the cam position. The fact is, yeah. if you played Messi there, he would be better. But Messi is a what a right winger at the moment yeah. in this in this offense. Messi's position is always kind of just whatever Messi decides his oh, position Messi is going is to be on the given coach day. At this point, yeah, at that point, we've decided Messi makes he's, the decision. He is the coach. He is the chairman mm-hmm. of the board. But since since Suarez signed, he he's more of a like on the right, right plays winger, on yeah. the right. Yeah. But no, I mean Urzel on a good day. <laughs> soon to be soon to be Joe Wallach, as we know. Yes. But no, I do well. like that comparison that he's a better Steven Steven Gerrard who can keep his balance and you know win the occasional league. <laughs> he is the live action Tintin. Yeah, and he can only okay. say Kevin apparently according to the champions uh, cartoon. Yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> and his, he has so, he has odd eyes. Yeah, so what he does that Chelsea win eyes. mean? Meant the end of the Premier League this season, in all honesty. Uh, it's you know. It's as I, I said to Matthew before the show. It, it is like the end of Revenge of the Sith, where the the Sith, after years in hiding, have now come back with their fascist authoritarian rule. <laughs> years in hiding, being winning the Champions League last year. Oh, this well, is also their more fans act hard but, done by. I mean, here's the here's the. I mean, this past decade, who's been better on average? 
fucking Spurs or Liverpool, and it has hilariously been Spurs, and hilariously, they have had fuck all. What? What? What does Spurs have to show for? That's that's part of the the part of the comedy. Yeah, part of the comedy. But I don't see how you can argue that Spurs have been on average better than Liverpool over the past decade. When Liverpool have been, because I don't think Spurs have come eleventh, second in this decade. Have Spurs have Spurs ever come second in the Premier League in the past decade? Yes, I thought. Have they? Uh, no, no, actually, they Arsenal. They came third because yeah. fucking Sissoko scored, or what was it? Newcastle <laughs> with ten men beat them five one on their last yeah. game before getting relegated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the greatest St. Totteringham's day ever. But what you could argue there as well is that they'd already got the Champions League and they'd already not won the league. Yeah. Aye, but you know, points are points. You got to kind of at the end of the day, points are points. Eh. But no, on like literally like, on average, what Liverpool have come first once. Yeah. Okay, they've come second. What do you like, mean on average? That's not how averages work. Second like twice. And then <laughs> Matthew, can you please? They've been out of the Champions League. How math works. The majority, like about five man. or six of those years. Jesus like, Christ! They were on really average, bad. they've come first once. Nick. Their big summer signing one year was Joe Cole. That is insane. Actually, that was this decade. Tottenham, Tottenham's big summer signing last year it was fucking no one. Yeah, but at that point, at least they could say they had a really good team. Yeah, Tottenham haven't really. What were they going to? Could they? Yeah. Like you put, I think you they put did. their team on paper, and you're like, all right, there's no actual holes here. It's like, oh, good player, good player, good player, and you know, it wasn't Dombele before he got into the box of Twixes. And then you, and then you realize, no, no, because the year before, the Spurs actually signed no one. They went a whole transfer window, and they they literally signed not a single player. That is still better than Joe Cole because I don't know. Joe Cole, Con- and I mean, I, I just don't think you're going to sell me on this. Like, lads, the main lads. selling point should be that Connor is an Arsenal fan who's bigging up Spurs. That should be a massive. Part of the the hilarity is that Spurs have always been the perennial third or fourth team for an entire decade. I remember actually, uh, I think it was 2011? I remember this just because I was in playing Mass Effect, uh, Mass Effect 1, right before Mass Effect 3 came out that year. So it was 2011, and Spurs were in the title race, and they were doing it with fucking Louis Saha up front, and I was like, Jesus Christ. uh." And that was the whole year where everyone was going, mind the gap. But then once Harry Radnap was offered an England job, he just fucking gave up on Spurs. And obviously, you know, they ended up coming forth. And then he didn't get and they gave it to Roy Hodgson. So it was a hilarious situation for both Spurs and England in the end. <laughs> but that's why I'm saying, like, I think, like, where were Liverpool that year? They weren't even in, like, the Europa League. And they had, like, the, a few of those years where they were gobshite. I just think it's you're you're tipping your hand by going on by like giving trying to give so many reasons why you are you are showing how much you care about trying to make this less for less of a Nick, less of an accomplishment. Five years ago, they signed that, Ricky Lambert. <laughs> Don't know why. Right. That's just hilarious. That's just I'm, I'm shocked by how Arsenal the Arsenal signed David Louise last week. David Louise did I actually I did as much as Ricky Lambert did for Liverpool. 
I mean, I could David pay them Luiz a actively to show up harms games. Arsenal. David Luiz is basically still paid by Chelsea. Yeah, but people make fun of Arsenal for that. And he's like, not nobody's praising Arsenal. Saying for the most part, he's been quite solid. It's just because of recency bias, and he's had that big, massive blowout David Luiz game. That is yeah. a stamp. And he gets more red cards than pretty much any other player. Uh, also, that's because he after, plays for Obviously, uh, Evo was back in full force. Uh, we also need to thank Barcelona for making all this possible by spending $142 million on Coutinho. True. But then but then they managed to sell him to Bayern, which is even Did they sell him? I thought he went as well. I didn't know he was sold. I'm pretty sure they, they sold him. I'm pretty sure it's a, it was a deal. Like he's like fully as gone. Much as 142 million, because that 142 million. I don't think they million, made as much, but they sold 75 him for something. of that went to Van Dijk, and then they managed to get Keita and Fabinho in the next transfer window. Uh, so I mean, that basically just is like, yeah, here you are. That's the team. Look, Connor, Connor, you say all this. You say all this. <laughs> Arsenal have to step up. They have to step up their transfer policy. Oh well, we all know Arsenal's transfer policy is a disaster. Yeah. I'm not saying this. To, I am congratulating Barcelona for giving <laughs> for, and they're the patron saints of bad decisions. Who recently have decided to trade their 23-year-old up-and-coming star in Arthur for a 30-year-old uh, Pjanic from Juventus. Fuck me. Uh, Liverpool also well, made great decisions Messi made by decision. finessing the fuck out of Bournemouth. For the likes of Jordan Aib and Solanke for I think about 60 million combined I mean all I'm going to say is if you want to be if you want to be a, a if you want to be a title winning team you need to have like it, it's it's like in the NFL it's the same thing it's different sports but fundamentally it's the same you need to have a good front office making good oh, business well, decisions in order to had, succeed Liverpool have obviously there was like a turning point where they went Jesus Christ alright lads we can't keep saying Joe Cole and Ricky Lambert and we got around Steven Gerrard keeps uh, coughing up the league for us so we need to actually get rid of him and uh, you know alright there's that club Bournemouth let's take a piss out of them I'll continue you want to go alright well let's get an exorbitant amount and yeah they obviously paid that off really well by being super aggressive yeah you see there's no reason that Arsenal couldn't pursue uh, Nick there like, is similar a tactics. and his name is Stan Kroenke yeah wow that is uh, he. we obviously have a coach that is more than happy to just uh, make money off the club and even when they sometimes invest uh, big money, it ends up being seventy-two million for a winger who got outplayed by an academy player in the last game. I don't so think that's fair. I will say because obviously, well, obviously, Pepe scored a worldie against. Brighton, I mean, but he did look, fuck between look, fucking all okay. against Premier League, Premier League teams. Premier League teams overpaying for French players is a tale as old as time. It's always going to happen. You lads get fleeced every year. Yeah, that's just the it, way it, it is. Always, it was, but it was always that good being said, back in the day when it was the opposite, and Arsene Wenger had all these scouting ties in France and knew every French player's uh, like address. address growing up. And every the problem is, the problem is now that all the French teams know that the Premier League, like Premier League managers and, and clubs, seem to have this idea that they've they've found the secret that if they just sign a young French player, that their success is written in the stars. 
And so they know that they can charge whatever the fuck they like, especially Olas um, at Lyon, who in the best of times is a savvy, you know, he's a savvy guy. Even like even other French clubs don't like having to deal with him because they know that they're going to get taken for a ride. And then English clubs come along and try and say, oh, can, we, can we get this lad? Can we get that lad? Add on 10 million, add on 20 million. Every single time he gets the money. Yeah. All right, I want to get and on to me. Just that, I want to get on to the last, the last point. I saw this, this video of a Bleacher Report. Uh, Bleacher Report did a video about Liverpool winning the, like, you know, it was, it was some guy walking with his, with his son. You know, he was walking with his son to the day game, and it was this big long walk. And it was like as the years go on. So it started in 1990 when they won the league, and so the years go on, and this guy is getting older, and he gets so old to the point where he dies, and it ends up being his son having the scarf and his son taking the, the kid, and it's meant to be this whole dreary, depressing ad going. Oh Jesus, it's been so long. You, you've not suffered. Yeah, Liverpool fans have not suffered at all. They've in won that Champions time, League titles. Oh, 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 I've died. I've only had to celebrate two Champions League, three FA Cups, four League Cups, and a UEFA Cup. Meanwhile, Spurs came third once. <laughs> I think part of it is it's definitely there is definitely an element though of the the degree to which like a club feels like they're they're suffering is related to where they think they belong. Yeah. Because like Sunderland fans right now are having an absolutely fucking awful time. But the reason is not because they're doing terribly in League One. They're doing great in League One. They're winning loads of games. The reason is because they don't think they're a League One team. They think they're a Premier League team. So they want to be in the Prem. They want to be in the top division. And so for them, it doesn't matter how many League One games they're winning. If they're not moving up into Premier League, it's terrible. They feel shite about it. And for... Liverpool, who for a long time were, uh, you know, a top dog team, you know, up there with the best of them, winning every other year, you know, all that kind of thing. Going 30 years without winning the Prem once hurts. It hurts them because of where you were it's before. The most it matters where you were before and where you're going. It doesn't hurt the Lions the most entitled to come fans. last in the NFC North because that's what's supposed to happen. Exactly, Nick. Liverpool fans are the most entitled fans I think in they sports. Are if you're not good enough to I win the Cup, every year was their year. Is it not? It's not it's your a hard year. Claim You've signed to say that they're more entitled than United fans. Shocking. And now you know they'll they'll go next year. What what happens? What if they take a down year? They come third and they'll be calling for Klopp's head. That's how Liverpool That's fans work. <laughs> and they'll go back to being the underdog. Next season they're like, oh, we want him gone. My dad was happy for right. a draw against Southampton. That's how nice he is. That's how normal <laughs> Arsenal fans are at this point. No, Arsenal fans have just been beaten into submission. Everyone bar Arsenal, Arsenal fan TV is, has reached fans acceptance. Don't much. But Arsenal fans have had it easy. We could be Middlesbrough. Like, there's much worse. Out I actually there. think that there's there's an argument for Middlesbrough to be uh, taking. Burnley's crown as Brexit FC next year because of the the Colin right because of Colin alright so are we alright we're going away from the insufferable wank fest that has gone into overdrive (laughs) we don't need to talk about 
don't need to talk about Liverpool because all you need to do is stick your ear out the window you'll and you'll hear, hear the collective <clears throat> come on from them what was that? that is the that is going to be? into overdrive Apparently <laughs> <laughs> that's the sound it makes we've just learned that <laughs> It's Liverpool fan. They struggle to speak at the best of times. They just have to communicate and like grunts and you know hubcaps. <laughs> so Colin Warnock. All right. What happened there? It's not Colin Warnock. Oh, it's Colin. Colin Warnock. It's something else. People call him Colin. You call him Colin. I don't know why. Yeah, you when, just call, I call him Colin. Colin. I call him Colin all the time. I don't call him Colin. It's his favorite nickname. Do you know why I call him Colin? No. I don't. Oh, okay. I'm sure you've actually mentioned it. <laughs> I, I maybe I maybe have. The reason that uh, the reason I, to to render the joke no longer funny by explaining it, the reason that people have such a great time uh, pissing him off by calling him Colin is because Neil Warnock is an anagram of Colin Wanker. <laughs> I have heard Not that me. before. Not from I'm me. There, I have heard it before. <laughs> <laughs> How dare Airplane. they call our Neil that? <laughs> How dare they? We're just calling him Colin. It's, it's a perfectly friendly name. He's a perfectly friendly manager. Have you ever seen the the side by side clip of uh, Pep Guardiola doing a like a going through a half time speech and someone spliced in the the Colin Warnock one? <laughs> Where it goes the Neil Warnock going, Oh you must play you must play beautiful football or Pep Guardiola, you must play beautiful football, you must trust one another and there goes the Neil Warnock, you fucking get in there and you leave, you leave a stamp on his leg. <laughs> That's why Amazon didn't make a documentary about Humber. So yeah, see, it's exciting see, actually this is because the thing. I think he could do well enough and because what they need to do, they're going to survive in the championship now because they got Neil Warnock. Right. I think that they're going to survive, and maybe if he stays one more year, you know, he might get them up to the Premier League where he should not stay another year. You know, back in 2000. No, he gets to the Premier League and then he bails. Hilariously, back in 2007, uh, I can't remember what team it was, but he went into his uh, his last job as a manager. And he has done that about four or five more times since. The boy's just addicted to being a manager at this point. I just, I feel like Middlesbrough is where he belongs. Just well and truly, they're made for each other. He's found his home. It's like Big Sam, before he retires, needs needs to manage Stoke. (laughs) Oh, actually. That's like the dream location. Oh, but I'd love to see. I would. I really would love to see Big Sam in charge of, you know, Burnley. Why Burnley? Well, Burnley's the new Stoke. That's it, isn't it? Because Burnley is just like advanced Stoke. But there's, it's just like aggressive Stoke with extra money. I mean, does I mean does uh, Sam Allardyce eat as much uh, worms as Sean Dyke? Oh, heard of it. No, but Sean Dyke is like nice and aggressive and red in the face. Yeah, there was there was an article. He complains uh, there, to the press all the like time. A, an article 
uh, from someone who said, oh, the reason Sean Dye has such a gravelly voice is because he eats worms. To which another headline <laughs> article had he say, Sean Dyke, I do not in fact eat worms. <laughs> so that was the peak of uh, soccer Reddit for about a week. Anyway, we get on to our final segment now that the football is wrapped up. It's everyone's favourite. He's a Bucky boy and he likes to bet. It's Bucky boy bets. Oh yes, boys. Bucky boy is back. And yes, I've got right. my What's he got? top bet. Speaking of the Colin himself, his former team Cardiff are going to Preston on Saturday, and there you can get them at the odds of two to one away from home. Now Cardiff have won their last two games, whereas Preston haven't won in four. And Cardiff are fresh off a win against uh, Forever Bottlers Leeds, so I think uh, the momentum might be with them as they're as well. Cardiff are currently 7th in the table whereas Preston are 6th equal on points this is a good chance for Cardiff to leapfrog and get into that playoff position so Nick stick a tenner on that you'll be sweet he's a Bucky boy I wouldn't mind actually it's Bucky boy bets I might well slap on a tenner on that ah I wish Cardiff hadn't gone down Is that fucking Chelsea game as well? They go down. It's always bloody Chelsea. It's the yo-yo. It's just always, always Chelsea that ruin everyone else's day. (laughs) Yeah, Chelsea basically ruin everything. Cunts. So you know, (sighs) Premier League challenges, relegation, Europa leagues. I so my after Arsenal won the Invincibles, Chelsea were obviously just a pain in the ass. Yeah. But I'd stick a bet on now that either Man United or Chelsea will be dark horses to win the league next year. Really? Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's obviously with Man City City and Liverpool, you're not going to get great odds. Yeah. Could you imagine that uh, fucking Tottenham win the league next year? I I physically can't imagine. That could happen. It hasn't happened since 19, what, 59? No, no, it was 61. It's been 59 years. The, the but Spurs the, are getting into Chicago Cubs territory at this point. Well, actually, I was going no, no to say it's like no Ireland one can get into Chicago Cubs territory. <laughs> Ireland hadn't won a Grand Slam for 61 years and were less fucking obnoxious when they did. The whole idea of the Grand Slam, I don't like it. I just say if you win it, you win it. Be happy. I, I, do, I do think the Grand Slam it gives not... Like it's it's a bit silly. So a reason, it gives a reason to make the last game exciting for some teams because if you go if you've won your other four games, there's no chance of lo- uh, losing the actual championship. Then there's no incentive other than going undefeated and getting the grand slam. Wait till someone else is an invincible. Then then we'll talk. Then that's a thing. Celtic have been invincible repeatedly, have they not? Who? Celtic so, that's a farmer's league it's not even a farmer's league it's like below what, what's worse than a farmer sheep crofting an actual league. sheep shepherd's league I'll mm. take it and, but we are the best fucking shepherds and don't you fucking forget it for now hey this is a Hamilton athletic podcast you watch your tone <laughs> yeah, no it fucking isn't anyway I think uh, we can leave it there for right. today's episode I thought this was quite a funny episode hopefully uh, I'll be able to actually cut some like 10 minute segments 
I dread that I have to read through this all or listen through this all. Aye. Nah. Yeah, we just hope that Matthew's recording hasn't fucked out on all of you. Otherwise, we should Stop be sweet. being sluts. I hate this. This is Connor's <laughs> fault. <laughs> I have never made a mistake in my life. And yes, I called you both sluts, but I feel like that was that was what I needed to and Matthew, say. <laughs> once I get these edit these segments edited, it'll be all three of us slagging off Liverpool. Oh, I know. Because that's the way the sticky crumbles. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were going to steal my sheep shagging joke and just dub over it with you. <laughs> Sounds about right. I think I still think it's it's absolute perversion of of justice to not run with my amazing my amazing intro. Oh yeah, <laughs> I feel like the world's missing out not getting to hear that. When you walk through a storm, hold your head up high. Walk on through the wind. Walk on through the rain Though your dreams be tossed and blown Walk on, walk on With hope in your heart And you'll never walk Alone, <laughs> you'll never walk alone.